Thank you, Kevin. Our opening hymn is number 100. We're doing verses 1 through 3. You are no longer strangers and sojourners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Alleluia. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Alleluia. The Lord is risen indeed. Come, let us adore him. Alleluia.
Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and pray and raise a loud shout to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the caverns of the earth and the heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to his word. Psalm 149. Hallelujah. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing his praise in the congregation of the faithful. Let Israel rejoice in his maker. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praise to him with timbrel and harp. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people and adorns the poor with victory. Let the faithful rejoice in triumph. Let them be joyful on their beds. Let the praises of God be in their throat and a two-edged sword in their hand to wreak vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples to bind their kings in chains and their nobles with links of iron, to inflict on him the judgment decreed. This is glory for all his faithful people. Hallelujah. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A Song of Creation. Glorify the Lord, all you works of the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. In the firmament of his power, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, you angels and all powers of the Lord, O heavens and all waters above the heavens. Sun and moon and stars of the sky, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, every shower of rain and fall of dew all winds and fire and heat. Winter and summer, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Glorify the Lord, O chill and cold, drops of dew and flakes of snow. Frost and cold, ice and sleet, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. The Lord, O nights and days, O shining light and enfolding dark, storm clouds and thunderbolts, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. Let us glorify the Lord, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. In the firmament of his power, glorify the Lord. Praise him and highly exalt him forever. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the 10th of this month, they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a year old male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembled congregation of Israel shall slaughter it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. 
They shall eat the lamb that same night. They shall eat it roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted over the fire with its head, legs, and inner organs. You shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. This is how you shall eat it. Your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals. On all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Song of Zechariah. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to set his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty savior, born of the house of his servant, David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show us mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hand of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. My child shall be called the prophet of the Most High. He will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of his salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet in the way of peace. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. A reading from Romans. Oh, no one anything except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than if we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light 
let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery or licens licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. reading according to the Gospel of Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you have not listened, or if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, Truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. Uh, I normally, when I preach, I, it's a bit more interactive. So for those of you with your video screens on, if you can give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down, we may be doing this as I speak. So uh, I appreciate that. So I just want to begin by asking uh, the congregation here, are any of you familiar with the social media platform called Reddit? Thumbs up, thumbs down. A little bit of mix, okay. Reddit is like this giant online forum for people to engage and connect with each other over every topic imaginable. 
and each topic has its own subreddit. If one of these topical forums involves asking a question that anyone can respond to, so there was a group uh, where somebody asked to the group, what always makes you sad? Many people replied with stories of loved ones and of friends who had died. Uh, some people shared about past regrets that still make them sad when they think about it. Uh, but one story, one response that really stuck out to me uh, was this. Sometimes I'll be telling a story and I don't think anyone is listening. So I just stop in the middle and I'm right. There's something about that story that hits me right in the gut. It's like that self-doubt, that pause, that wonder if anybody is actually listening to what you're saying. If you have been, thank you for the hands up, if you have been on these virtual calls and you are the one speaking, maybe you wonder if anyone is actually listening to you. It is the human condition to desire connection and it's often so painful when our attempts to connect fall on deaf ears. Dr. Ralph Nichols is a renowned scholar and one of the founders in the field of listening. He said the most basic of all human needs is the need to understand and be understood. The best way to understand people is to listen to them. And so in today's Gospel of Matthew, we find a playbook on how to address and resolve conflict within a community of faith because as it is written, when two or more are gathered in Jesus' name, conflict will be there. Yes, Jesus did say that he would be there, but I think you will agree that when two or more gather, there will be conflict. One reason conflict happens is because of misplaced loyalty. We have forgotten to be each other's keeper. We're no longer committed to each other. There are cultural dynamics that perpetuate our disloyalty to one another. And we tend to talk more about one another than we do talk with one another. We often don't like to talk about conflict because it's uncomfortable. I used to tell people all the time that I enjoy conflict because I like to imagine myself as someone who can handle conflict well. But the reality is I don't like how conflict makes my body feel. It makes me sleep poorly. It makes my heartbeat uncontrollably faster. I make dumb decisions. Conflict is only wonderful if you can resolve it or learn from it. That tension needs to be unwound or else that conflict becomes internalized in, health, un, in unhealthy ways that we can spend days or even years trying to uncover and resolve. Thumbs up, anybody? Conflict? Yeah, awesome. I'm a good, I'm a good conflicting company. And so when you hear the word conflict, who or what is the first relationship that comes to mind? Think about that for a second. If you have a person or a relationship in mind, thumbs up. For me, I think of my sister-in-law. Does anyone else have conflict with their in-laws? Y'all are too polite and shy to, to be honest with me, that's, that's okay. But my sister-in-law and I are constantly in conflict and we also live together. So there are plenty of opportunities for conflicts to arise. Uh, last fall, my father-in-law visited us and our whole household planned different activities and we were brainstorming about how to show him a good time. 
but it became frustratingly apparent that my sister-in-law and I had very different ideas of how to show him a good time. And so each day that my father-in-law was here, I kept getting this feeling that my sister-in-law, from my sister-in-law, that I was doing something wrong. Like I wasn't meeting her expectations and caring for him or doing enough for him. And it seemed like with each passing day during his visit, that tension between us would build. The passive aggressiveness between us would build until one afternoon, our polite interactions erupted into an explosive shouting match inside Home Depot. True story. I was clearly not thinking about the Gospel of Matthew playbook in my anger, talking in private, right? Conflict is a part of society. In fact, conflict is literally in our church's DNA. Every single Christian Orthodox teaching came because members of faith argued with one another whether this thing is heretical or orthodoxy, and the winner was declared orthodoxy. And you don't have to look very far in the world today to find conflict. It seems like the political landscape in America intersects almost every facet of life and anything can be politicized and controversial these days. Amen? Hmm. Maybe you have a boss or manager who is always creating conflict. And we all know somebody who is always surrounded by drama. The Gospel of Matthew provides the answer to resolving conflict. And that is to keep listening. Four times in the first three verses, Jesus makes reference to listening. The lyrical repetition suggests to pay extra attention to hearing one another. To put it another way, the spiritual discipline of listening is a mark of a community grounded in the ways of Jesus. Christ-centered conflict resolution requires more listening than it does speaking. And the problem right now is that we are not listening to each other. We're actually really good at talking at each other. We're really good at waiting for our turn to talk in a conversation. We're really good at listening to people we already agree with. And we're really good at making sure we have the last word in any conflict. If you've ever watched a Facebook conversation unravel on the internet, you'll either butt in and defend your friend or you'll grab popcorn and watch that drama unfold because it is so entertaining. Am I right? Because, well, unfortunately, coming to the aid of your internet friend or passively watching this whole drama unfold does not repair nor restore the conflicting relationship. True conflict resolution requires us to be hyper aware and humble. And listening is a practice that requires our entire being. If we, as a community of faith, can practice listening well, I believe we will not only understand our world better, but we will have a right understanding of ourselves. And in doing so, our gatherings will actually reveal the presence of Christ in our midst. Uh, you may have been introduced uh, that I am a United Methodist minister, long lost cousins to the Episcopal appointment, talk about conflict, right? Uh, and I'm not actually familiar with the Episcopal system, but in the, in the United Methodist Church, we are appointed, we are assigned to one faith community to another faith community by our presiding bishop. Is that similar here? No, it's not. Okay. Well, for me, that's simultaneously beautiful and terrifying because I have no control over who I am called to love and serve as I am appointed from church to church. 
And our churches are located in every zip code in America. Rural, urban, suburban, exurban, all of these urbans. It requires our ministers to be flexible and patient, compassionate, so that we can listen and respond to the concerns of each congregation as they are. I was reading about this research study that revealed how the zip code that you spent the longest time living in is more likely to determine your social and political views. A zip code can tell you the population density of an area and the amount of time that you spend in a certain population density over the course of your life is more likely to determine your social and political views more so than your race, your education, your gender, your income, or even your sexuality. People residing in urban zip codes are more likely to view guns primarily as a source of violence, whereas people in rural zip codes are more likely to view guns as a necessary tool for their way of life. Much so in the same way that city folks rely on social services, public utilities, and government entities for their day-to-day -day needs. If something were to break down or require maintenance, city dwellers are more likely to schedule an appointment to have it fixed. Whereas for people in lower density zip codes, relying on these public services would actually take longer to fix than trying to fix it yourself. And so those in higher density areas are willing to pay for these services because they are part of daily life to make it more manageable. Whereas zip codes with lower population densities are more likely to view government intervention to be a nuisance. Neither, neither of these perspectives are wrong, they're just different. And I've seen this dynamic play out in my own experience serving churches from zip code to zip code. And you don't have to be a Methodist pastor appointed to many churches to experience this. I know you've experienced this difference because it's humbling. It provokes self-reflection and it opens our eyes and makes us more aware. I think the beauty of this text isn't so much that the gospel outlines a concrete formula that will lead to everyone agreeing with each other, but that in conflict, there is an opportunity to practice the spiritual discipline of listening. The good news is that God restores our community when we gather together. Every miracle that Jesus performs always ends with the person being restored and welcomed back into the life of the community. God restores our community when we gather and listen to one another, for Jesus Christ promises to be with us when we are in conflict. And so in a moment in history where we cannot physically gather two or more, we can be a healing presence in a society amidst conflict if we remain committed to each other and committed to listening to each other. Uh, after my sister-in-law had that shouting confrontation, do you know what happened in, the, in that aisle? She actually listened to me. It was so disarming that it made me want to listen to her concerns. And it turns out, I never noticed that my father-in-law was limping all week and that parking the car at the far end of the Home Depot parking lot, rather than dropping him off near the store entrance is a valid concern to raise against me, yeah? Listening is imperative in a time when it feels like we're surrounded by conflict. God is asking us to listen well, so may our listening change us and bring healing to our world. Amen. We continue with the Apostles' Creed on page 11. 
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
We continue on page 12. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Grant us, O Lord, to trust in you with all our hearts, for as you always resist the proud who confide in their own strength, so you never forsake those who make their boast of your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, you make us glad with the weekly remembrance of the glorious resurrection of your Son, our Lord. Give us this day such blessing through our worship of you, that the week to come may be spent in your favor. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Heavenly Father, in you we live and move and have our being. We humbly pray you so to guide and govern us by your Holy Spirit, that in all the cares and the occupations of your life, we may not forget you, but may remember that we are ever walking in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. As we do our intercessory prayers, uh, please feel free to add your own prayers in the chat. Let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory to the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace, that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours, especially those celebrating birthdays this week, Eleanor Riley, John Way, and also the Reverend Yang for uh, challenging us to listen today. And grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, especially Karen Blankenship, Niall Clark, Glenn Crosby, Florian Crosby, Deanna Glenn, Diane Goodman, Lorna Hamill, Hannah Hooper, Rosemary Howell, Kathy Klein, Peter Mackenheimer, Michael Miller, Claire Parkinson, Pam Rhodes, Karen Rowley, Kayo Shelton, Ron Smith, Vicki Smith, Don Snow, Lillianne Snow, William Victory, Bob Hayward, Michael Wandell, Julie Weekend, and Peter Wiley. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We commend to your mercy all who have died, especially the 188,000 U.S. COVID deaths, that your will for them may be fulfilled. And we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. I'll give folks a moment to add any prayers or petitions into the chat. God, we ask for your continued uh, protection for Elizabeth and baby boy Riley. May they continue to be healthy and safe. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, we pray for the people of Beirut. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Oh Lord, we pray for the soul of Gary Cruiser. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, we pray for all the teachers, the students, and parents in the coming weeks as school is back in session. May you continue to gift them with patience and perseverance as they navigate the challenge of doing school virtually. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For all the prayers that we keep in our hearts and the prayers that we say aloud, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hardwood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your spirit that we, reaching forth our hands in love, may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. Amen. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks 
for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life. But above all, for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts, we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come, life everlasting. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 593, and we will be doing verses 1, 2, and 3. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.